Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. If we haven't met before, my name is Stu. I'm one of the pastors here at Lagan Valley Vineyard. And can I invite each of you to open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. And as you turn there to Matthew chapter 13, let me take a moment just to pray for us. Lord Jesus, as we open up your word today, as we open up the scriptures, we also open our lives up to you once again. Would you speak to us? Would you lead us? And in the midst of such complex times that we find ourselves in, I pray that your timeless truths would speak clearly into our hearts and into our homes. Lead us, Lord Jesus, in the direction of your kingdom, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew 13, verse 44, it reads this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it. And he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought that field. Today, I want to talk about joy. Yep, you heard me. I want to talk about joy. And I know what you're thinking, mate. Like, could you not have picked a better week to speak on joy? How can we talk about joy whenever everything is pretty wick around us? But this is precisely the moment that we need to talk about joy. Even in the hardship of 2020, all the difficulties that we are facing and the fact that we still need to greet each other with our elbows, which is like the weirdest thing ever, we are a people who are to be set apart, a people marked by the virtues of the Holy Spirit, a people who are marked by love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, I know that those aren't exactly the most 2020 of words, right? A couple of weeks ago, Laura Koonsberg, the political reporter in the BBC, she closed out her news report by saying these words, 2020 is a year that is shaping us like no other. I think she's right. 2020 is shaping us, but it is not shaping us in the direction of love, joy, peace, etc., etc., but it is shaping us in the direction of division and despair, anxiety, impatience, selfishness, shallowness, apathy, and self-gratification. I want you to clock this before we get any further. As we get into this teaching today, it's going to sound pretty counter-cultural, And it is also important to say that I am not a pretty hypey guy. I'm not saying let's forget about everything that's going on around us and let's bury our heads in the sand of some weird Christian subculture. But as we are going to see, joy grows really well whenever we face hard and difficult things. But this teaching is going to feel counter to the culture that surrounds us, particularly this week. And in fact, it should Because we, the Jesus people, we are those who are living into a different reality. We are adopting a different culture, and we are living in a very different place, a very different kind of kingdom. In Matthew's gospel, his biography of the life of Jesus, it is centered on Jesus' teaching and his revelation of the kingdom of heaven. And while God has a kingdom, he's not alone in that. 
Because as of this very moment, there are 7.8 billion kingdoms in existence right now. A kingdom is the range of your will. It takes in the area in which you're able to bring about change, influence things and people, and bring about what you want to happen. Each of us is like a king or a queen of our own kind of kingdom. Hold that thought for just a moment. Jesus, in this parable in Matthew 13, he is showing us two things. Number one, he is showing us the immense value of the kingdom of heaven. And number two, he is showing us that joy is found whenever we lay down our own little kingdoms, where we give up everything that we can and could take hold of so that we can live and move and find our being in the kingdom of heaven. It's like a man who's walking through a field one day and he stumbles across the kingdom of heaven and its treasure. Instantly, he recognizes its glory, its power. He hears the kindness of the king beckoning him towards him, the invitation to become fully attached to him, never having to leave the presence of the king. It feels like liberation. It feels like salvation. And he begins to see that this kingdom, it is everlasting, it is expansive, it is supernatural. It is the power to redeem absolutely everything. And the man can't quite get over that he is now part of something that is so much bigger than himself, something that he gets to play in. His narrow temporal kingdom that forced him to try and maintain control of a world that he couldn't control, well, it just fades away as he holds the treasure of the kingdom in his hands, and he is clear. He knows exactly what he has to do because nothing can compare to this treasure. And so he is willing to give up everything, joyfully to take a hold fully of this treasure so he can live in the way of the kingdom. The man in this parable, well, he is full of joy. I want you to notice something, particularly today of all days. The kingdom of heaven, it leads us towards a soul state, and that is the soul state of joy. And yet for our kingdom of self, whenever we try to run this thing called life in and of our own power, it has an end that we're trying to reach all of the time, but it's not joy. It's something altogether quite different. It's happiness. The modern age is built on the pursuit of happiness. Don't get me wrong, happiness is a good thing, but it is temporal. And while it may satisfy us for a while, happiness never fulfills us. Life is all about pursuing the next thing, make us happy, then we enjoy it for a moment, then we get a bit bored, and then we move on to the next thing to try and make ourselves happy. Gia Tolentino, a cultural commentator who in her book Trick Mirror describes what is going on in our culture today. She's not a Christian, by the way, but I've really appreciated her insight. She says that people in the modern age are so busy trying to do three things. She says this, people are so busy just trying to get back to zero, start from scratch all over again. They're trying to build up a buffer against disaster. We know all about that right now, don't we? or they're trying to enjoy themselves, they're trying to be happy. These are three things that we're trying to reach for in our own little kingdoms. But why do we do this? Well, she ends that quote with these heartbreaking words, because there's so little else to count on. 
Modern society is built on the pursuit of happiness. And the foundation of that way of living has got pretty shaky in 2020, hasn't it? Storms, multiple storms have come this year, and our sense of happiness hasn't been able to take the hit. I, I think underneath the surface, whether we're able to articulate it or not, we are all carrying the disappointment that the pursuit of happiness is no longer fulfilling us. We're beginning to realize that this rat race of happy, bored, happy, bored, it just doesn't quite cut it anymore. This week, yet again, we're realizing that we need something more mature, something more robust to live by. And yet, I've got some really good news for us today because there is someone else that we can count on. Jesus invites us into something that is so much deeper, his kingdom invitation. It invites us to step off the unending pursuit of happiness and to join him in the cultivation of unending joy. How would you describe joy? It's really easy to describe happiness, like what makes me happy? Burgers, everything before March 2020, end of list. You know, it's really easy to describe happiness, but joy, it's a little bit more tricky to pin down, isn't it? Dallas Willard has a great attempt at it, though. He says this, joy is not about pleasure, a mere sensation, but it is a pervasive and constant state of well-being. Hope in the goodness of God is joy's indispensable support. Recognize the robustness and the resilience of joy. Joy gives us a deep sense of security and satisfaction and steadfastness in who we are and the life that we are living. It's a vertical heavenly reality that breaks through the horizontal circumstances of our lives. It's a state of the soul. This is my kind of best definition of it where you're able to look at everything in your life, good and bad, and in spite of everything, you're able to echo the words of Julian of Norwich, but all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And joy is actually quite simple. Joy finds its source in our intimacy with Jesus, and in our living in the way of his kingdom. Let me say that again. Joy, it finds its source in our intimacy with Jesus and in our living in the way of his kingdom. Jesus put it this way to his disciples in John chapter 15. It's going to appear on your screen. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain or dwell or abide in my love. If you keep my commands, or if you do the will of the Father, if you do the work of the kingdom, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And I've told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Joy is found in communion with Jesus, or abiding in his love and us doing the work of the kingdom. Let me ask you, wherever you are right now as you're watching this, where and with what have you become so busy chasing after happiness that you have missed out on joy by simply remaining in the love of Jesus and practicing the will of the Father?
even for us disciples, we can sometimes find ourselves taking the love of God, which fills us with unspeakable joy, and we can just kind of like move on from it, get on with our lives. We allow our faith to fall into just being one little aspect of the kingdom of self, rather than laying down the kingdom for the jo- our own little kingdom for the joy that is available to us. We can kind of take life with Jesus and just add it in with everything else, thinking that it should make us happy. And then the moment in it, whenever it doesn't quite fit in with this narrative of happiness, well, we just sort of fortify the walls of our own little kingdom and we just kind of do us, right? Martin Lloyd-Jones, he would say at times that we as Christians, we can forget the very essence of Christianity. He says this, the Christian life is not a task. The Christian life alone is worthy of the name life. The Christian life alone is righteous, it is holy, it is pure, and it is good. It is the kind of life that the Son of God himself lived. If you think of the Christian life with a sense of grudge or task, duty or weariness, I say to you, go back to the beginning for a moment. Do you remember the moment? Do you remember the moment whenever you were undone by the love of Jesus for you? The moment of liberation, the moment of salvation, the moment whenever you experienced intimate and profound love, whenever you felt as if you discovered treasure, treasure just for you. That moment, the moment of joy, that is where we are to remain. I'm going to invite each of you this week as part of 321, you'll get the email just after the service, to reflect on that moment, the moment whenever you stumbled upon the invitation of Jesus, whenever you experienced his love, that moment when you were undone by him. And here's the thing, if the Christian life has got a little bit weary for you right now, even in the midst of everything that's going on in 2020, My hunch is that you're looking at faith all wrong. That you might be looking at life with Jesus through the lens of happiness rather than through the lens of joy. Here's the thing. Life with Jesus, it is the treasure that you have been searching for. His life and life in his kingdom, it is superior over anything that will make you happy. It is treasure. Jesus is our joy and his love, well, it is greater than life itself. And if that is you, if that resonates with you, I have been praying all week that you would experience a restoring of the joy of your salvation. And in a few moments, we're going to take some time to be able to pray that through together. But there's something about the joy of Jesus that's really important for me to mention in the light of this week. If, if I had to describe this week in a noise, it would be... It just felt like a really hard week where we've kind of gone in the direction that we didn't really want to go, right? Brothers and sisters, 2020 may make you unhappy, but it doesn't have to steal your joy. 
Paul writes a letter to the Philippian church. He says, I am in chains. He writes from prison. I am in chains, but I rejoice and I continue to rejoice. James writes to a number of churches. He says this, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything. If there was a word for the church today, I think it is that. Jesus, well, he told us that straight, in this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says. Jesus never promised that he would make us happy. And we're facing some troubles right now. It's hard. We're all feeling it. But we can access something more robust than happiness. We can be with Jesus and in him find our joy. As Jesus himself put it, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In our attachment to Jesus, we find a joy that remains even whenever everything is shaking around us because with Jesus, our joy remains as we remain in him. So, how can we cultivate joy, especially in this COVID-y kind of world? Joy is a gift. It's a grace. It's not a fruit of circumstance. It's not a fruit of effort. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And in a few moments, I'm going to pray a pretty bold prayer. I'm going to pray that the Spirit would impart to us the joy of Jesus once again, even in the midst of a global pandemic. Yet our everyday lives are all about walking in step with the Spirit, right? Partnering with Him, creating the conditions for transformation in our lives and the transformation that we get to offer. So how can we join in on the Spirit's work of cultivating joy in our lives right now? And there's lots of things that I could say right now. There's lots of things I could talk about, about the value of living simply, getting around elders because they're the ones that know joy better than us youngsters. I could talk about the joy of having less, of selling our stuff and of being generous. I could talk about the importance of connecting our small story to the big story of God by reading the scriptures. Or I could talk about how we can eliminate things that steal our joy, Instagram. But I want to bounce off Jesus's words to his disciples in John chapter 15. What does it look like for us to remain in him, to remain in his love and his way of the kingdom, especially in this week of all weeks? I want you to notice in the parable of Matthew 13 that the kingdom is hidden. In fact, in the parable, we find a rich man on a long search for fine pearls. Initially, the first man, he stumbles over the kingdom. Do you remember treasure hunts as a kid? Like the treasure, it didn't just sort of appear. You had to go and do your bit of looking, right? And there'd always be the smart adult in the background who'd be saying, colder, colder, colder. And you kind of be looking around and you move over here and say, you're really hot, you're really hot. And like, I was Baltic here, but boiling here. Like, how on earth does that work? In the midst of a noisy, busy, notification-driven world, Jesus and his kingdom, they don't just appear right in front of us, screaming for our attention. It's not really the Jesus way. We are to do our bit in drawing closer, warmer, warmer, warmer to Jesus. 
Everything is fighting for our attention right now. And we need to clear the noise away and we need to get closer to Jesus. A smart fellow from East Belfast put it like this. It's going to appear on your screen. Good things as well as bad. You know, this is how you know that C.S. Lewis was born in Dundella Avenue. I think he really says, good things as well as bad, sure, you know yourself, are caught by a kind of infection, timely quote. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to get wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, or eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. We are talking about the basics right here. If you want joy, you've got to get close to Jesus. Or another way of putting it, as the psalmist writes, in his presence there is fullness of joy. In the rhythm of our weeks and of our days, in the midst of lockdown life, in the context of our homes, with all that is fighting for our attention right now, we must carve out the space behind the scenes to keep company with Jesus through simple prayer, by talking about him and what he is doing with our families, reading scripture, listening to him, worshiping him, our practices, they open us up to his presence. How are you going to prioritize drawing close to Jesus this week, being in his presence? If this conversation is new for you, there's a couple of things that we want to help you with. We send out an email after our Sunday morning service called 321. gives you some tools to be able to walk this through and be open to the presence of Jesus. There's also a bunch of practice guides on the equip page of our website. And we would say that if you're kind of dipping your toes in this conversation around practices, I'd really encourage you to daily have a go at praying and reading the scriptures and every week have a go at setting aside a day for Sabbathing, for rest, for worship, and for delight. And also, if you want to speak to us about this, please do. I literally would drop anything to be able to help you, our community, to work through what does it look like for us to practice the presence of Jesus right now. But if you've been part of our community for a while, you know what you need to do right now. You know what you need to do. We have been having this conversation for years now. Figure out I urge you, figure out what fuels your joy in Jesus, whether it's scripture or Sabbathing or prayer or silence or prayer walking, worship, spiritual reading, contemplation, serving others, doing the work of justice, whatever it may be, figure out what fuels your joy in Jesus. And in these days, do lots and lots and lots and lots of that. You do have time for this right now. You're not going to be going anywhere else. But you will need to fight for it. There's always been a fight for the place of first love in our lives. But we have to dig a little bit deeper right now. And to be really honest, what we have accepted as discipleship before this pandemic, with a sort of chill, kind of take it or leave it attitude, it's just no longer adequate anymore. Consider the man in Matthew 13. He doesn't just bury the treasure, leave the field and think, oh, well, I know it's there, like I'll be able to return back to it whenever I want to. No. He responds with extraordinary commitment, with surrender. 
with defiant devotion. He makes the kingdom the place that he inhabits. That field is now his home. And whenever it comes to us standing closer to the fire, drawing close to Jesus, practicing abiding in our days, the key, well, it's consistency. Even if you don't get a ton out of it, it's all about showing up. The key is consistent, ongoing devotion. So whatever practices you're adopting in the middle of your days right now to remain in Jesus, can I urge you, brothers and sisters, keep on going. It will fill you with joy. The way of Jesus is not take it or leave it. Joy is not like happiness, which kind of gives you a quick hit of dopamine and then fades away. We have been invited into the long game of cultivating joy. We've been invited to experience the treasure of the kingdom, living the Christ life in the Christ way, and in everything, finding our joy. And it starts with the basic, most foundational, most fundamental thing, being with him, talking with him, praying with him, worshiping him, serving him, learning about him becoming like him, getting really close to him. It starts with our friendship with Jesus. 2020, it is a year that is shaping us like no other. And today, with new restrictions that have come out, in light of what looks like a really hard winter ahead, we can decide to keep building the kingdom of self, fortify the walls, do whatever we can to stay hyped and happy, or the joy of Christ can fill us and our joy can be complete if we stand closer to the fire and stay right there. Hannah, do you want to come up? For the next few weeks, the space where this is going to be worked out is going to be our homes. And we can think of our homes as being our happy places, right? That's kind of what we tend to call them. But I want to pose a question to you. What if your homes became more than just your wee sanctuary over the next couple of weeks? And what about if instead it became a cathedral of celebration, a place of worship? a place of prayer, a place of adoration, a home that is filled with joy. I think one of the things that some of us are finding quite tough at the moment is that whenever we think about moments of joy, memories of joy, memories whenever we've encountered Jesus, we don't tend to have a ton of memories of those things happening in our homes. We think about spaces like this, but our homes are kind of boxed off from that. We kind of view our homes as being functional spaces, places where we're able to get our rest, places where we're able to do what we need to do. But the truth is, our homes, they are the center of our we kingdoms, right? Where we do our thing, we can lock off the rest of the world. But what if today we offered our homes not as a space for our will to be done, but as a space for his will to be done? What if our homes were marked by the kingdom of heaven drawing really, really near? Life 
is going to take on a pretty unique rhythm over the next couple of weeks. So in our homes, let's prioritize drawing closer to the fire. Let's lay down our own little kingdoms and center ourselves on the life and the rhythm and the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, my prayer for you is that your heart and that your home would be full of joy as you encounter Jesus. I long for your home to be filled with the holy presence of Christ. And here's the thing. We're going to put that to practice right now. We're going to take some time to worship. We're going to open ourselves up to the kingdom, breaking into the very fabric of our homes. And we're going to set the tone for the rest of our weeks and maybe even the next stage of whatever they're calling this thing, circuit breaker lockdown, I don't know what it's called, but whatever we're facing over the next four weeks, let's set the tone in this moment as we recognize and declare aloud that Jesus, he is our joy that Jesus is all that we need, that his love is greater than life itself. And I want to invite you to stand that little bit closer to the fire today. And so that means doing just that little bit more to open yourself up to him. So wherever you are at home, can I invite you to stand with me? And parents, I know some of your kids were probably watching party people earlier on. Can I invite you just to grab them, pull them into this moment of you as a family worshiping Jesus together. But before we sing, I want to pray. And I want to pray simply, but I want to pray powerfully that the Spirit would unearth and rekindle your joy that he would impart the joy of Jesus into your heart and into your homes once again. And so wherever you are, can I invite you to open up your hands? If you're with your family right now, can I invite you to huddle together, like actually get really close? Parents, can I invite you to lay your hands on your children? Husbands and wives, can I invite you to hold each other in this moment right now? Can I invite you to be together? Let's set the tone that your home would become a place of joy, a place of worship, a place of delight, a place of holy optimism in the midst of everything that is going on because the love of Jesus is where we want to be. We want to be nowhere else than right with him. So Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would come. Jesus, we acknowledge that we can get so caught up in pursuing happiness. We sense its fragility in these days, and we want something more than that. We want something more robust than that. We want you, Jesus, and you alone. We want joy. Would you surprise us with joy in these days? Even in the midst of everything that is swirling around us, would you surprise us with joy? And Lord Jesus, I pray for those of us who feel as if the Christian life has become weary or task or duty, would you restore to us the joy of our salvation once again? May we recognize our salvation, our liberty, our redemption, our freedom in you. Lord Jesus, would you undo us once again as we recognize that we are loved by you, that we are caught up in the story of your kingdom, that we have a divine purpose in the world and that we are yours. Restore to us the joy of our salvation again. And in these days and in our home, I pray I pray that we would experience holy moments, 
moments where your presence is so tangible and that in your presence we would experience the fullness of joy Lagan Valley Vineyard, my family, my brothers and sisters, my dear friends, may the God of hope fill you and your home with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In his name I pray. Amen. Let's worship together. Keep standing. Keep being with your family. Use this time to sing aloud your praise to Jesus. Recognize how much you delight in him. Worship him with your whole body, with your mouths, with your singing, and with your whole hearts as we recognize that he is our joy. He is our love. In him, our joy is made complete. Let's worship Jesus together.